1: For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. This program was previously broadcast live on Love Sport Radio, so some items may be out of date. Phone-in elements of these shows are not available, but if you'd like to comment or give us feedback on our shows, you can tweet us at Love Sport Radio. For more podcasts or to listen live, visit LoveSportRadio.com. Alternatively, you can find this and other podcasts on iTunes or Spotify using the keyword Love Sport.
2: You are listening to the West Ham Fan Show on Love Sport Radio with me, Charlie Hawkins, and I'm joined in the studio. With We Are West Ham, James Jones and special guest this evening, Danny Lewis, no Will Pugh. It is going to be a great show, especially for James Jones, because for once he may have a chance of winning the West Ham Mystery Player Quiz. Danny, James is very easy fodder. You should be in with this tonight. I don't like
3: that. I don't (laughs) like that at all.
2: You don't like that start. No. Well, if Will was here, he would have been the brunt of my jokes, but... As Danny, you know, is a special guest, I thought it would have to be you this evening, James. Yeah, I I get that. But, you know, I I was quite good at the beginning with the quiz. Beginning, yeah. Then you faded away. The bubble had burst. Danny really is there for the taking tonight well it is a pack show we are talking West Ham and West Ham only everything where the hammers are concerned we're going to be talking a little bit about that international break although real football has returned the academy football is that back West Ham producing some top new youngsters and what better to talk to about the youngsters and Tony Carl will be joining us you won't want to miss that the quiz will also be taking place Will will maybe off but the quiz is always on then we will look to the game on the weekend the first Premier League game that is back 12.30 this Saturday it is Everton and it is a tricky tie you may think Everton in the relegation zone West Ham don't have a great history against Everton we're going to be talking all about that but you can join the show tonight tweet us at Love Sport Radio or call us on 0208 70 20 or whatsapp James we're streaming live we're streaming live there you YouTube. go YouTube get on I'll it get on it look at James look at Danny look at me Choose whatever you decide and uh, enjoy the show. Tweet us your questions or, well, it's not tweet on YouTube, is it? But put us your questions and we will endeavour to answer them on the show. Let's start with you, Danny. You are a special guest. Obviously, it's been the international break. Wasn't the best ending before West Ham losing to Crystal Palace. They were on this fantastic run. Great form considering the way they started the Premier League season. James will describe that loss to Man City as a free hit. It's been brilliant since then. What have you made of the season so far?
4: Yeah, it's definitely been a good start. I mean, you know, you can't really complain when we were close to being within the top four at this stage, but that almost makes it even more frustrating that we lost against Palace because, you know, to go into the international break and be top four would have been incredible. And to be honest, it's sort of the loss happened at the worst sort of time because it's not like you can come back the next week and put it right you know you've got to wait two weeks or however long it is until you can actually
2: go and get another result yeah he's so right Amy James the wonderful thing about football is you normally play every two three days whether it's in the cup or another midweek action game when it is international break you have to simmer on that defeat for that extra week longer and we have to talk about it a little bit more you know dig a little bit deeper and it does hurt doesn't it it does yeah I mean... are you over it by the way <laughs> <laughs>
3: Yeah, I am over it. Um, I've had two weeks to think about it um, and I'm over it. Two weeks too many. Two weeks too many. But then my, my hope is that the players have had time to think about it and we've not had many players out on international duty, any any big players anyway. Uh, I know Yarmolenko's been away for Ukraine. He scored a goal against Portugal last night, which is, you know, lovely. But, um, and Declan Rice as well, but I was going that, to say any big players. In Declan Rice has been out De- Declan Rice has been out as well, and you know. But other than that, everyone else in the squad has has been, you know, at the training ground with Pellegrini working on putting that result right. And you know, everyone knows how much that result really, really annoyed me, um, rightly or wrongly. But hopefully, my my hope is that you know they've spent these two weeks really sort of you know knuckling down, putting that result behind them, you know, mentally. And working on going to Everton and getting a result because it's been a good start to the season. Don't get me wrong, but you know we, we need to now push on. We can't. We haven't won in two games. We drew the game before that. Um, we need to now ensure that we don't go on a run without a win. It's important that if we're going to fight for this top six, then we've got to you know start winning these football matches. And Everton they haven't been a great place. Um, so yeah, it's been it's been a long international break, but I'm hoping that you know. We can use it to our advantage and, and take three points this weekend.
2: Well, the last international break, Pellegrini said it was a great chance for the players to work on their defensive positioning, their tackling. And it obviously works because coming out of that first international break, West Ham did go on that run. You know, they was unbeaten, and they were playing good football. What has he said this time around, Danny? What do you think West Ham have worked on or they should have worked on? And can you expect a similar run of results this time around?
4: Well, I think in terms of having Roberto in goal because of Fabianski being injured, that's definitely probably useful in terms of, you know, having him working with the back four day in, day out, you know, working on playing out from the back, all that sort of thing. Uh, I'd say that's probably what's mostly been
2: worked on. Interesting. Well, we have had a call into the studio uh, from Richard. Uh, thank you for calling, Richard. You want to talk about West Ham's start to the season and the chances they've created and scored and missed. What have you made of it so far, Richard?
5: So Well, so far this season, I was really impressed the way um, Manuel Pellegrini has uh, been um, teaching all the players uh, this season and <clears throat> how we're getting um, good results. And that I would say... That result um, at May, against Man United at home way back in September was, I think, was the biggest uh, uh, chances are because, uh, like us uh, West Ham fans were saying, if we want to gain Europe, I think we're going to have to take on the big teams such as Man United and all of that. But that uh, missed chance to go third against uh, Crystal Palace at home was a, a big miss and obviously, uh, I think, that uh, that was a good performance but despite the result but um it's like I said, I think the chances are that we're gonna get we're gonna improve on that, starting with this week um this weekend's game against um Everton away. Now if we can get a, a good result on that, I think that can uh, push us uh to in the top five possibly by the end of the season.
3: Richard, how would you like to see Pellegrini line us up at Everton? Um, you know, I mean, you should have a fully fit squad, barring Fabianski. Uh, do you think yeah. that yeah, he should go unchanged and and just really go for it att- attacking wise? Because you know uh, that, I, that's really worked uh, for us, isn't it?
5: Yes, it is actually, and I think he does. And I think the Manuel Pellegrini deserves with the chances are to bring back uh, like um, um, with uh, Fabianski and all that. So I think. I think the, the chances are he should uh, change what he should do. Obviously, we've had a two-week uh, break, and obviously now that the uh, the, uh, the, uh, the players are coming back to their clubs now after international, so I reckon that uh, he'll should make changes, see what he goes for. But if if he goes with the same eleven or makes a few changes, that's uh, that's fine with me, as long as we can get the the result that we want.
3: What have you made of? Um Sebastian had it this this season, Richard. You know he scored, which well, he scored four goals so far for us, uh, and you know he's been a, a welcome addition, don't you think?
5: I think he has because um, ever since um, we um, we bought him from uh, I can't remember when he came from, and uh, and ever since that um, that uh, Hernandez has gone to uh, uh, Seville, I think that Sebastian has made a big difference, obviously, and the the way. He's got four goals there so far, and I think he will improve for a goal-scoring threat because, uh, like uh, like I said, we need uh, the people to score goals. And obviously, I think Sebastian Haller is the one possibly to uh, to take us, this club forward if we're going to get the chance in Europe. Obviously, I think the other players will help him. Um, and to improve on that, so I reckon yes, he will, he will get more goals this season, especially in cup games. Because although uh, we missed, it, missed a chance on the League Cup, though, because that defeat against Oxford, and but obviously, when he gets his chances and his score goals, I reckon we're going to improve the uh, results that we need anyway. So, um, yeah
2: well we certainly hope it will improve Richard thank you so much for calling us this show. we really appreciate you calling us uh, and you can call as well 0208 70 20 we just heard from Richard there let's talk a little bit about uh, Danny what you alluded to earlier because we mentioned that Roberto is now in, go, in goal sorry, uh, and we spoke about not many players to speak about on an international break but obviously the news coming out that Fabianski you know he it, it's a blow because he's going to be out until next year how big of a loss is this for West Ham James considering he was the the player of the year last season. It was a massive loss. We
3: spoke about it briefly last week. Mm. That was before we really know the extent of knew the extent of the injury and how long he'd be out for, but you know the reports are saying that he's had an operation and, you know, he's gonna be out until the new year, twenty twenty, and it's a massive blow because We've heard all the players and the manager come out so they trust Roberto and, and, and all this and that but you know he's not kept a clean sheet and well, apart from when it was against what Notts County in the Cup Newport Newport same thing <laughs> same difference um, but yeah I mean that's the only clean sheet he's managed to keep for us um, considering four against Oxford which isn't great uh, And not, then, all him, no. not all down to him not all down to him I mean it, it wasn't just him it was, a, it was a really poor team performance as we know but it, there is a worry that you know we haven't really got a, a backup keeper that we can actually sort of trust and rely on, um, and while our our previous backup goalkeeper, former number one as well, is about to win the Premier League with Liverpool, uh, and it breaks your heart, it really does. But it is what it is. We're going to have to just get, suck it up and get on with it.
2: How how mad is it, Danny, that, you know, they did let someone like that go. You can't, you know, ever envisage these scenarios happening when your number one keeper does go down. But, you know, this is the West Ham fan show. I don't want to talk about Spurs, but they're pulling yeah. their air out. They've obviously lost Larice and now they've re-signed Michelle Vaughan because they're worried about their number two, because it can completely change your team's your team's outlook, can't it? Because the defence they feel a little bit more nervous. And he is a rock for West Ham, isn't he?
4: Yeah, well, I think it's not so much that we let Adrian go because I'm pretty sure I've read that, you know, he sort of really wanted first team football mm. and the only reason that he went to Liverpool is because it is Liverpool. So you can't really blame him for wanting that after sitting on the bench for a good couple of years and all that sort of thing. But I think the main issue is the fact that they didn't go out and think, you know, we're gonna sign someone that's really trustworthy. they thought, We're gonna go and buy two well, get two keepers on a free, both cheap wages, happy days, when really, you know, you've got to have this eventuality in mind. And, you know, you've got to consider that, you know, there is a point where Roberto's going to have to step in. Even, you know, if Fabianski hadn't got injured, that Oxford game, you know, it still would have happened and we'd still be out of the cup, partly because our keeper isn't up to scratch. And, you know, when I was watching the Crystal Palace game, I came away thinking oh well one positive of the game is that despite the fact that Roberto's conceded two, he didn't make any absolute howlers and when you're looking at a Premier League football game that shouldn't really be the case
2: James are we are we judging it too quickly because Danny said there you know we've signed two uh, untrustworthy keepers but no football club signs an untrustworthy keeper obviously they believe that he is trustworthy Mm. are we quick to judge or maybe did
3: West Ham get it wrong on this one I think Perhaps we have been quick to judge. I mean, he was signed as a cup goalkeeper. Um it was I don't think anyone really expected him to We
2: can't just sign a keeper on that though, can you? Because injuries do happen. I know like Danny <laughs> said, you can't we can't just sign and think, Oh, we'll play in the cup
3: games yeah, because I think yeah, but I mean Pellegrini would have looked at it and gone, right, okay, well that's gonna be my backup keeper, and your backup keeper is gonna be your cup keeper. Mm. Um yeah, okay. You you have to have it, you know, one part of your mind going, you know, if we do have an injury, I need that, that backup keeper to be good enough to step in. Yeah. Um and yeah, I mean, perhaps we have been quite, you know, judgmental too early. Uh, he hasn't had a, well, before now, he's not had a really like, consistent run of games because he's only been brought into playing the Cups. Um, and, you know, and, and what Danny said there about, you know, he didn't make a, a, a howler against Palace, so it should be seen as a good thing. But I don't think he's really made a howler at all for us, really. He's just shown that, you know, he doesn't like to die very often, um, so it's, See, I mean, but that—I mean—that's the truth. I mean, that's a worry for a keeper. Th- th- yeah. th- th- I've seen, I've seen a few goals going so But why don't you dive? Or you did dive. You need to put your arm out. Um So, I, th- I think it's probably a little bit too early to to really judge him as you know this really awful goalkeeper that we're yeah. stuck with until the new year. Because he might he might pull off a couple of worldies at the weekend, then he'll be a hero. Um so until he makes an absolute howler and actually costs West Ham a goal directly from a mistake, then I think we're just going to have to trust him, trust Pellegrini's judgment uh, and get behind him and get behind the team because if he knows the fans are on his back and fans uh, uh, don't trust him, then that's going to lead to, to problems, I think. Well, trust him and
2: get behind the team is the message from James Jones. Talking of the team, though, someone who will know a little bit more than us it is Tony Carr, former West Ham Director of Youth Development, and he's joining us next.
1: We've all got one, and we're not afraid to put it on display. Our opinions, that is. Share yours now at Love Sport Radio on Twitter, or call us 0208 70 558. Love Sport Radio, your fan station.
2: You're listening to the West Ham Fan Show on Love Sport Radio with me, Charlie Hawkins. I'm joining the studio with We Are West Ham, James Jones and Danny Lewis. We were just talking about that international break and you also joined us. Call us on 0208 70 20 You can also WhatsApp on the same number or tweet us at Love Sport Radio. But the callers just keep happening and this one, well this is pretty special because we're now joined by Tony Carr, former West Ham Director of Youth Development. Tony, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Thank you for Giving us a little bit of your time. It's a real pleasure to have you on. Firstly, Tony, what have Thanks, you made of? Charlie, yeah. No, thank you, Tony. It's a real pleasure to have you on. A delight to talk to you. What have you made of the season so far, Tony?
0: I think obviously after the first game, um, Manchester City, there was, you know, apprehension about where we're going to go. And then we've gone on this great run and, uh, sadly ended last week against Palace. But, um, no, I'm hopeful. I think we've got depth in the squad now. And, uh, Attacking force that can score goals, and um, hopefully we can continue and, and uh, finishing perhaps the highest place we've finished for a, for a long, long time.
3: Hi Tony, uh, it's good to have you have you on again, mate. Um, while the first team's been doing really well, uh, the youth team is kind of or the development squad, as they call it now, is really, really, really coming into its own. I mean, I know they lost to Cheltenham in the in the cup the other day, but the run of games they've gone unbeaten has been, has been pretty impressive uh, and there are a number, was it 16 stre- uh unbeaten streak and a number of youngsters really making a name for themselves. Have you been keeping an eye on that?
0: Yeah, I've definitely been looking at that because obviously, you know, that's where I was doing all my work you yeah. know, with all those years but um, no, definitely uh, looked at that. The, um, the, the development squad now uh, have done terrifically well. The anomaly of that was that um, I met all the team on the train. They were going to Cheltenham and I was on my way up north doing a, a day with the Premier League. but uh, And uh, they were, I wish them all the best. And uh, it was a young squad up there. and I know they got beat 4-3, but I think you know, they played very, very well for long periods of the game. So, yeah, they're doing well. There's some good players amongst them. And even the 18s are, are having a steady season. I often speak to Mark Phillips, the coach, and, uh, and uh, Dimitri and Potsy with the development squad mm. have, have done really, really well.
3: I mean... Anthony Scully's sort of caught the headlines recently uh, alongside Nathan Holland. But Scully's Premier League 2 Player of the Month winner with eight goals in in September. Uh, is is yeah. he is he one player that you can that you can see really breaking into the first team any time soon? Or do you think he needs a little bit more time? Because fans are kind of are really getting a little bit sort of, you know, carried away with all these youngsters doing pretty well.
0: Yeah, I think you've got to be careful about, you know, um, pushing youngsters too early, too quickly. I mean, Scully has always been a good young player. Played, you know, he's in the Irish international scene and uh, doing very, very well in that. And uh, um, during my time there, he was, he was with the Irish under 18s and, and doing really well. I think at the start of the season, he was, he was finding it hard to get in the team. He'd been, he'd been a long period injured. And now he's having a settled spell in the team and um, he's scoring goals. And he's, he's always done an eye for a goal. And he's always had that little bit extra that you you need sometimes in and around the box and can score something different. And uh, yeah, I've got a hopes for him. Maybe the next step for him may be a loan to go out and uh, like Grady Deer and doing terrifically well at West Brom. And um, I think uh, Anthony Anthony Scully, that is, to go out on loan, I think would be a really, really good plus for him in January. If he's not, obviously, the, the first team... And I'm not close enough to know how far away or how close he is. So alone is, is, is a really good next step to see if he, you know, when, once he plays against the men in league football, you find out whether they can cope with it or not.
4: Uh, you mentioned, you know, the fact of playing against league football teams. Um, and we sort of mentioned the EFL trophy before. Um, and Scully actually scored twice in the first game. Um, how useful do you think it is for these players to play against first-team opposition?
0: I think it's vital. I think, uh, you know, your development years through the youth system, it's it's age on age. So it's 16s, 14s with 14s, 18s with 18s. But when you play league football, you know, you could be an 18-year-old new playing against a 34-year-old, you know, Season professional so and you know ages in between so I think it does you know we, I call it men's football mm. you know the real stuff the nitty gritty you know mortgages depend on it you know livelihoods depend on the points you know you're playing for sure. playing to win you know it's, it's, it becomes very very important and um, it's the lifeblood of any clubs that can keep winning so to expose young players to that environment um, and the harsh realities of you know league football I think is, is the next step for most promising young players and if they can't get it at their own club, mm. um, or don't get enough of it through the EFL games and the checker trade trophy, etc., um I think a loan is invaluable to to their for their development.
4: So um Nathan Holland is another player who might actually be going out on loan. Uh do you yeah. reckon that's a good move for him?
0: No, I think it I think all loans are good. It depends where they go, of course, um, and I think what level they play. But just the fact that they're out and playing league football somewhere, I think is a good thing. I mean, I, I mean Nathan Holland was just arriving at the club as I, as I, you know, I left. So I've not, I don't really know him a, a lot. I don't know a lot. All them other boys, we you know we've been Scully and Grady. I mean, I, I know them quite intimately because. Um, I was with them when they were young, young players, so I know. So, but Nathan, I don't know. But any loan, I think, is a good thing. If they're not going to be in and around the first team when you're sort of twenty twenty one, I think you need to go and play men's football, league football. Mm. So, um, yes, I think I think that would be a good thing.
3: I mean, you mentioned Grady there. He's he's having a really really great time at uh, West Brom at the moment, isn't yeah. he? And you know, he, he he sort of broke into the first team last season. Made a real impact, and he's gone out on loan this year, playing under Slaven Bilic. Who I'm assuming he knows from when Slav was at the club. Yeah, but um, yeah, cool. I mean, do you, do you think it'd be beneficial for the club to perhaps recall him on the back of the form that he's sort of putting in the Championship, or is it is it is the club better off just leaving him to have one full season at West Brom before then trying him again?
0: I think. That would depend on the manager's needs at the time. You know, obviously, you can't recall him till January. Yeah. I don't know what the deal is with Grady, to be honest. I don't know the intimate details of the contract and what they've done. It might, it might already be a season long loan. I don't know. But um, if he's going to be in and around uh, and there's a need for him in the first team environment, definitely call him back. Mm. But if he's not going to feature and the manager can't see at this point there's a place for him in the team, leave him where he is. I mean, one of great his, um downfalls as a younger player, not so much now, was that his finishing was—he he was getting great positions and not score, not scoring enough goals. And uh, but he's starting to address that now. I think he scored two on his debut for the for the club last year in the the League Cup, and he scored—he's been scoring the, the for, for West Brom. So he's starting to add goals to his talent, and I think um, you know. I, He'll come back certainly a better player. There's no no two ways about that.
2: Tony, just quickly, we hear about this big team mentality thrown around with West Ham, and the manager wants them to take the the next step. How do they take the next step? What is next for them to just get that little bit higher on the ladder?
0: I think the next step is for me. If we're going to be a big team, and we feel we're going to be, you know, amongst that top half, top eight, top six, even. If we're gonna, if we're gonna, if we're gonna. I think we're we're going to should and should be and could be in one of those after a defeat like Crystal Palace. Where I mean, I went to the game actually. Me, me, as I said before, my son-in-law, uh, sorry, my brother-in-law, a season, and I went to the game Saturday, and um, I was disappointed. It, it, the game was a bit flat. We didn't play particularly well. Picked it up a little bit second half. Scored the goal and thought that's now, now we now we can push on and and win the game. It was a bit like West Ham of old, you know, you know, in good positions and then you lose. So I think for me, the next step is going to Everton this weekend and getting a result, a win or a draw. We've got to go there and, and get a win or or, or or a draw, because I think that then says right, okay, Palace was a blip. Now we're we're picking up points again to maintain our position to challenging that top half of the table. So I think the next game, this game this week, is vital. And if we can do that and then go on another run, then you can start really talking about, you know, we've got the credentials to go on and maybe, maybe, maybe get a place in Europe next season. But uh, I think after a home defeat, I think we need to bounce back very quickly.
2: Tony, I think uh, you've just echoed what they've been saying in the studio for weeks. They want to bounce back and get a result. Thank you so much for coming on, Tony. Okay, no problem. Tony, really appreciate it. Tony Carr there, the former West Ham Director of Youth Development. A real pleasure to get him out on. Someone who has tremendous insight. Really good for us to hear it there. And he says to take that next step, West Ham have to get a result this weekend. We'll be looking at that game. But next, though, of course, it is the West Ham Quiz.
1: Giving your team a voice. Love Sport Radio. You are listening
2: to the West Ham Fan Show on Love Sport Radio with me, Charlie Hawkins. I'm joined in the studio with We Are West Ham, James Jones and Danny Lewis. We were just talking to Tony Carden. We really enjoyed that one. So much insight there, talking about the next generation coming through, all the hot talents, the hot prospects, talking about that international break. We will be looking at that Everton game and we will be doing the quiz. But before that... We want you to get involved. We said, tweet at Love Sport Radio or call us 0208 70 20 558. you You've been getting involved,
3: James. YouTube is going wild. Yes, yeah, mad. We've got some, we've got some fans <laughs> on YouTube. <laughs> Woohoo! Neil from Down Under's joining us again, uh, and we've got Darren uh, as well. Don't know where Darren's from, but let us know. Let us know, Darren, <laughs> if, if, you, if you're still listening. But Darren's asked one specific question. He said, he said that Pellegrini's is looking for a lone striker and maybe a lone centre back in the January transfer. What do you guys think we need, Dan? What Ooh. do we
4: need? Well, Let's put you on the spot. I think I'm not really sure if we need a backup striker because I think it would be pretty harsh on Albion and Ayeti to bring someone in on loan and we've just spent eight million pound on him and he's only played two games so far. Mm. So unless you know he plays and there's a clear reason that we need someone else, then maybe don't bother with the striker, especially as we might have Zande Silver coming in. Mm. Um,
2: Another keeper? Potentially. I know, I know earlier I yeah, said don't I be sure quick it. to judge, but if you're still in the mix and there has been, let's say, one or two mistakes, not necessarily hurlers, could you see that happening, Danny? I think the fact that
4: they got both Martin and Roberto, it would be a little bit overkill if they did get one more. It's sort of like, you know, they've sort of laid their own, They've made their bed and they've mm. sort of got to lay with it and stick with who they've gone with now.
3: Yeah, I mean, I don't think a keeper will be on the on the cards. I think I think another striker probably wouldn't wouldn't hurt. But you know, we've been talking about the the, the youngsters with with Tony. Now, I'd rather see one or two of the youngsters get given a few minutes. Uh, we've got the squad there. We've got a quite a large youth squad as well. Give give some of the youngsters a few minutes. It, you know, it doesn't mean you say you can't send them out on loan. But um, you know, I think we've we've shown that loan moves really work these days, particularly in January. In 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 the summer, they can work if you're getting for all season. But January, it's a risky market for me. Uh, you can't really go and spend big money either. So I don't know, it's, it's a difficult one for me.
2: What do you make of the January transfer window? Some managers want it scrapped. They don't think we should have a winter window. You know, some managers say it's harsh. You need reinforcements or to push you on it can change a season. I suppose it can help and hinder. But then if if it helps someone else and you're, you're up there fighting or down there fighting, they might then start to do better
3: at the expense of you. What do you make of it, James? Well, I think it's designed for, for those clubs that desperately need to, to, to make to make some like reinforcements to get themselves out of trouble, mm. you know you rarely see you know City, United, Arsenal, Chelsea spend big in January. They might, but they have of, though. They might yeah. they might plug a few gaps, and those sort of clubs are naturally going to have to spend big money because all the other clubs know they got a lot of money. Um, so you're going to see them spend big if they have to if they get big injuries. Um, but you know the likes of clubs in mid table, you know they're in mid table, they're safe. No real need to, to panic in the window, and I think that will be us in January. I can't imagine Pellegrini will panic too much. Um, and, you know, we're led to believe he's quite happy with the squad. I, as I said, the January window is difficult uh, for, for a number of reasons. Uh, there's not much available because no one wants to sell their best players halfway for a season. Um, and I'd rather see youth players be given an opportunity at that time of the season
2: there you have it from James and Danny we really appreciate the YouTube questions please keep them coming in we will try to read as many as possible or tweet us whatsapp us we will uh, endeavour to answer all your questions on the West Ham show but like I said next up it is the West Ham quiz
1: for the fans by the fans love sport radio
2: It is time for the West Ham quiz. You're listening to the West Ham Fan Show on Love Sport Radio with me, Charlie Hawkins. I'm joined in the studio with We Are West Ham, James Jones and special guest, Danny Lewis. Danny... I want you to win this week. Uh, I can be as biased as I like. Uh, normally, I want James to win. Will knows that. James knows it. But this week, James, I want you to go down. Although you need a bit of form, you need a bit of confidence.
3: Oh gosh, can't believe it.
2: <laughs> this is honestly, I'm, I'm not ashamed to admit it's my favourite bit of the whole week. I do love the West Ham mystery player quiz. Danny, I'm sure you know of the rules. There are three players, five clues. The, the the quicker you get the player, shout it out, you will get the point. Whoever gets the most points this week will win because it's a one-off in the scores between. Will and James it is 4-4 12-12 it is so close I mean it's unbelievable James had a lead he was flying and then he uh, he folded I gave him a chance that's what I did gave him a a chance he's putting it politely but now though this is Danny versus James and this is the West Ham quiz Oh, dramatic. I love it. Chris Tarrant, where are you I can, at? I can see Danny sweating a little bit here. <laughs> And there's no lifelines. There's no ask the audience. <laughs> okay, this is the West Ham quiz. Player number one, clue number one. Fingers on the buzzers. Danny, if you know the answer, you just let us know. Clue number one, began their playing career at Tottenham. Clue number two, scored Swindon's first ever goal in the Premier League. Oh, no. no, I don't know that one. <laughs> James was eager, but he, he he's pulled it back. Clue number three. Last goal for West Ham came in the 5-4 win against Bradford in 2000.
3: Oh, that's quite difficult.
2: Because I can't remember the goal scorers. Our producer just said saying that he, he couldn't have been further off. Our it's embarrassing. Clue number four. Loved a Cruyff turn.
3: Oh, I love the Cruyff turn. Oh, you've lost me here, Reese. I feel like this is before my time. <laughs> well, do you remember the five four? You know of it. You must know. I of the know five, of four. it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, famously. Well, Danny, this
2: this may help you out, or it may not. Uh, last clue: shirt number sixteen. Any anyone that wore sixteen ringing any bells? This and just to madness. say, you just mentioned uh, Reese there. Uh, as always, Reese does a superb sterling job on the quiz. Uh, Reese, we, we can't get you to play because you obviously you know all the answers. You're the one who digs out the clues but we really appreciate you. They are struggling on player number one. No guesses? Do you want me to come back to it? Should we come bank it? Come back to it, yeah. Right, we're yeah, going to bank it.
3: So, I mean, it's mad because it it's, a, it's a famous <laughs> game in West Ham's history.
2: Clue number... Uh, player number two, clue number one. The current national manager of India. <laughs> Also, if you're playing at home, tweet us or on YouTube, let us know. Call us, 28 WhatsApp your answers. Clue number two for player number two. Scored his only West Ham goal away at Newcastle. James, is it, is. it Stan Azaridis? It is not. Ah. Oh. Clue number three. Made 84 appearances for Derby
3: County in the Premier League. Oh, no, it can't be that then. Derby. I had one player come to mind when he said Derby, but it's not parallel one-shot. It is
2: not. Clue number four, Croatian International. It's definitely not one-shot. Suka. No. Ooh. What, for? 84 for, for Derby County? I don't know. <laughs> come on, James. Come <laughs> on. Clue this number five, shirt number five. Oh, um, Eagle Stimac. That is correct. Yes. Oh. One nil to James Jones, but... Uh, Danny there are still two players the one with Banked and the final one here so you can still win tonight I'm I'm cheering you on final player clue number one ended his playing career with Hartlepool in 2012
3: clue number is two Marlon Howard? no oh, he was the name that had come into my head as well it, it was a great shout you, this
2: is the easiest one of the night I think you, you, you're both going to get this quickly uh, clue number two scored on his West Ham debut against Sunderland in 2007 Clue number three. 23 appearances in his only season with the club in 2007-2008. Clue number four. (laughs) Shirt number 15. Clue number five. Possibly my favourite clue of any player we've ever done on this, and I laughed when I saw it earlier. Clue number five, plays the trumpet.
3: What? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. if you know who the player
2: is, you'll know why this clue. It's It's absolutely superb. Oh. I can't believe reference to bank two players. I know, it's mad. Will's probably sitting at home laughing right. his head yeah, off Will's Will, and, he, and he knows I mean, he's it, probably good sure. the as well. 100%. Right, we're struggling here. I'm going to quickly run through the clues again. Ended his playing career with Hartlepool, 2012. Scored on his West Ham debut against Sunderland, 2007. 23 appearances in his only season with the club, 2007 and 8. Shirt number 15, plays the trumpet. Adam Newton. No. Shall I give you a clue? That's a really
3: bad shout from me. I apologise. I'm
2: going to give you a really obvious clue. Will be known for his playing time with Newcastle in the Premier League. Solano. Solano. Is that what you just said? Yeah. Yeah, that's correct. James, where was (laughs) you on that one? It is 1-1, which means we go back to player number one. I'm going to quickly run down the clues and then I'll give you a sixth clue.
3: Okay.
2: Clue number one began playing career at Tottenham. Clue number two, scored Swindon's first ever goal in the Premier League. Clue number three, last goal for West Ham came in that 5-4 win against Bradford in 2000. Clue number four, loved the career term. Clue number five, shirt number... <laughs>
3: it just went... Uh, shirt number 16. So I was going to say Dave Kitson. That is incorrect. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm pretty... Yeah. I mean, because I, mean, I know the Canio scored that day. Uh, Joe Cole. Come on. They're, they're, you're incorrect. Frank so Lampard scored that day. uh Boo. <laughs> it's definitely not <laughs> Samassia Boo. Uh,
2: started their career at Tottenham, then had loan spells at Doncaster, Cambridge, Portsmouth, Brentford, Ipswich. Went to Swindon before ending up at West Ham. This is madness. Uh I'm sorry. Our producers just got it. Unbelievable. He's not even a West Ham fan. What is going on here? We need we actually need Will back. I'm going to give you the initials. Okay. You're going to get straight away, obviously, from this. JM. John Monker. That is correct. <laughs> Danny unbelievably has won this 2-1. Not only has he won, not only is James Jones fuming in the studio. The man has gone a shade of red. He never wants to go. He was one-nil up, and he has lost to Danny. (laughs) The hurt and the rage continues for James Jones, because not only has he lost twice, he doesn't want to be here right now. He lost twice to Will Pugh on the bands. Now Danny, the special guest, has come in, one-nil down, and gone, it's not a big deal. I'm going to work out. (laughs) John Monker, Unbelievable unbelievable we're going to need a moment (laughs) because james jones is absolutely seething and he better get it together because next we're talking all about everton
1: giving your team a voice love sport radio
2: you're listening to the West Ham Fan Show on Love Sport Radio with me, Charlie Hawkins. I'm joining in the studio with We Are West Ham, a fuming James Jones and special guest and winner, Danny Lewis. What a victory. Danny told me, you know, he's only really started following in West Ham 2002, but he's still getting clues like that from the 2000. James, you say We Are West Ham, but are we? <laughs>
3: you know? I've, I've yeah I'm, I'm I'm really out of form. Even Neil from Dan Under said I need to do my homework. You do uh, so Neil. I'm going to be doing my homework, mate. Um, I thought I'd done enough, but Danny's Danny's beat me fair and square. I'm I'm just I'm in a rut at the moment. I just don't know what to do about it.
2: You're in a rut, but I'm going to give you a positive. If Will was here tonight, he may have taken the lead, but still you're deadlocked. So you're still in contention, mate. Yeah. Maybe tonight you might have been one down. Yeah. So, you know, James, he's not taking it, but look, <laughs> we're going to turn our attentions to the game on the weekend. It is Everton. We know West Ham have tricky form against them, but Everton, they are struggling themselves at the minute. down in the relegation zone, someone who's going to know all about it. And I'm delighted to say he's joining us now, Gavin Buckland, who is... Everton's, Gavin, I hope I've got this right, official statistician. Am I correct, Gavin? And thank you for you joining us. You are
6: correct, and you said that very well. Not the easiest thing to say.
2: Gavin, I'll be honest, I've had about a good 45 attempts before saying it, before you come on air. So if I've got it right <laughs> in the 45 to, uh, 45th time, mate, I'll take it. Huge game on the weekend, Gavin. Obviously, Everton oh. really need to spark their season into life. How are you feeling ahead of the fixture? Separation.
6: Um, <laughs> I think I think Marco's under pressure. You know, we've been on four consecutive defeats. We've not had five for, for 14 years, I think. Um, and obviously, there's been rumours that Marco's had three days, three games to save his job. Um, I think obviously the international break didn't really come at the right time. Gives people fans, t- supporters, to cheer on things, Um that just adds to the pressure. And we're playing a West Ham team. We think, I think. Um, I think but unlucky against Palace, really, and when you look at the team that that they can set up, and they look very strong opposition. Um, I think we used to have the bogey. It used to be our bogey team. Well, used to be our bogey team. Uh, there about two years ago. But you, you beaten us. You beaten us three times, I think, in the last couple of seasons. So, I think uh, we're no longer your bogey team. Gavin, what
3: what do you make of uh, Marcos Silva this season and, and Everton in general? Because. You know, he came with a bit of pedigree. Well, uh, a bit of a reputation yeah. of, you know, he, he did okay at Hull. Um, he did he did all right at Everton and then down tools when he tried tapping Matt with Bray through the, the, the previous season. <laughs> uh, grew a beard just in protest, didn't he? Um, <laughs> you finally got him. Not a bad season last yeah. year, but this year it's kind of gone backwards a little bit. Do you think that was he Is he really the right man for the job at Everton? Well, the only
6: thing, so. so he appointed him. He's very much for appointment. Um I think what we wanted to bring was you know, a new fresh coach to uh you know, coach modern football at the club, mm. you know, in the, in a in a similar way to you saw Team Positino do at Spurs. Um so on, on that basis I thought he supported um the appointment appointments of him, uh, albeit with some, you know, a little bit of reservations because of his record at Hull and uh really took over mid season was a bit difficult, but obviously he sort of danced to other for whatever reason. Um this season I think he struggled. I mean, I, I, to be fair to him, there's two things I'd say for him this season. I'm not sure whether he got the players he wanted and need, transfer window. I think he definitely needs another centre half and probably a striker. Uh, you know, as in a senior striker um who's established. Um and also he's not he's not had a fully fit midfield all season. Um he obviously that's just a guy which fair enough got good money for him. But Gabavan who's the lad like, we got from uh, the Bundesliga, he's only played, you know, one and a half games. Uh Andre Gomez got from Barcelona, um, played a lot of last season. He, you know, played quite well. He could have just come back from fitness and we obviously got Delphin from Manchester City. Okay. He coming late, so we've really not had a fully functioning midfield um since uh, you know, since the start of the campaign. So some stuff's gone against them. Uh, against that and we just haven't performed. Uh, to be fair, maybe one game out of, you know, seven or eight. And uh, you know, and, and I can understand supporters' frustrations with the manager and his continual not changing the tactics. so he's playing four, two, three, one with no variation, you know.
4: Uh earlier in the show we spoke about how the international break could be quite useful for West Ham from the point of view as, you know, we can get Roberto training with the back four. Would you say that this international break has come at a really good time for Everton? the likes of Moise Keane and Iwobi who have come into the club.
6: Yeah it's I, I don't I don't like going into the in break on a on a downer. I think mm. it, it you know it gives you two weeks Supporters will up the you know up the ante a bit, you know but it, i think if you don't manage to run the pressure that two week break um just allows that pressure to build, you know, and makes the West Ham game even more important than what it would have been if it had been seven days after the the defeat. So for for me, I, I don't think it does, does come at a good time. The only benefit you get is maybe give Silver a bit a bit of time just to think about things and take a step back. But for me, agile to me, I'd play as soon as possible when you're you're on a bad run, you know.
3: I mean, at the beginning of the season, Everton were, were in the conversation alongside us at West Ham and and the likes of Leicester and Wolves as being top six contenders, potentially top four. Um, yeah that you know, at the moment it's not going too well for Everton and, and for Wolves uh, I mean given that we've still got what 30 games left has the the the, the target changed for Everton has the, the expectation changed amongst the fans
6: uh, that's, a, that's a good question I, I think the expectation on Silver is to, to get us into the European places I mean so you would say seventh um, last year we finished just outside so I think the expectation is still there He's been he's helped in that in the fact that you know because apart from Liverpool everybody else has really struggled haven't Mm. they? So you can win two or three games on the on the bounce and go up seven or eight places at the moment in the Premier League. So I think um, you know that that sort of means the aspirations are still there to be honest with you.
2: Gavin, I just wanted to, obviously, before we get your score prediction, I just wanted to quickly uh, mention you've got a book coming out, haven't you? Money Can't Buy You Love. Honestly, Gavin, I wish I knew that ages ago. But um, uh, can you tell us a little yeah. bit about that?
6: Yeah, it's called Money Can't Buy You Love. It's, it's a play on the Beatles song. It, it's it's, a, it's a, a story about when happened with the Mersey millionaires in the 1960s. We were run by uh, Little Woods, you know, the Pools Giants, mm. uh, by, the, by the name of John Moores. Um, we were the sort of Chelsea-stroke Manchester City of the early 60s going around buying pl- players for exorbitant fees and uh, we got we, you know we got a lot of success and we're always in the mix during, during the decade and it, it's, it's it's the story of that success against you know the 60s were, were quite a, a uh, you know a sort of world changing decade anyway lots of things changed during that time it's set against that backdrop of um, all the changes that were going on you know around the world politically economically culturally and it, it sort of tells that tale and it's been off for a few few months, and, and I thankfully had a few a few good reviews. West Ham got mention as well, by the way.
1: Oh, well, no,
2: that's all right. We we'll definitely have to read it now, Gavin. <laughs> we'll, we'll have a look at that. And if, and if
6: uh, uh... It, it, I tell you why everybody, you know, like sort of people don't like play uh, teams at money, you know, Man City tells have about to take over the last fifteen years. Mm. You beat us four two, I think, in nineteen sixty three at, at the Bowling Ground, and the Guardian's uh, headline the next day is West Ham. East England's most unpopular team. Love that.
2: <laughs> well, we, we'll, you know. be, we'll be sure to check that out, Gavin. And please, if you fancy it, uh, check out Gavin's book there. Uh, Gavin, we have to put you on the hot seat. What is your score prediction for the weekend? And remember, this is a, a West Ham fan show. I was just about to say Everton then. <laughs> oh,
6: you know what? I mean, I, I, they said, said silver has been given three games to save his job. Um, so smart, uh, Saturday is a must- not lose game, and on that basis, I'm gonna sit on the old Alan Shearer fence here and go one or One what all, could be a tough game. you see, you see, West Ham's team's very impressive, isn't it? You know, from when I look when I think of West Ham's teams over the last 10 15 years, very impressive, uh, front four for a start. And I think we, we'll do well to get a draw to be honest with you. Well, um, I can't, I can't see us winning.
2: Mm, I think West Ham may take a draw. Tony Carr said it's the result uh, either a win or a draw. Gavin, no. We're really pleased to have you on. Gavin Buckland, there, Everton's official statistician. Gavin, thank you so much. Please check out his book. I have to turn, obviously, to you two now. Firstly, two questions. How do you think the game will go? And what is your score prediction for the weekend? Gavin, the Everton fan, is going for
3: 1-1. James? I said a few weeks ago that, you know, if we can avoid defeat away from home and then win our own games we'll, we'll have a good season OK we're going to lose one or two along the way but we'll have a good season generally um, I looked at this fixture at the beginning of the season and went that's going to be difficult away from, away from home at Everton they're meant to be up there with us in that fight for the top six um, and they haven't been they've been underwhelming um, and this is the sort of game given the form the opposition are in Everton will rock up and win 4-0 because uh, that's that's West Ham Am I, am I wrong, literally Danny literally
2: just both raised our eyebrows. And, am Whoa. I wrong, Danny?
3: Am I wrong? It is very true. But... It's it's very West Ham thing to do. Although, I don't think it will happen. I think we'll go there and we'll win 2-1. Two, 2-1, one.
2: Two, one, but he's going for the three points. He's going for the victory, Danny. How do you think it will play out and score prediction?
3: I'm going to say
4: 3-2. I think Yarmolenko is coming back from the international break on a massive high. I think the other ones will have gelled even more with the fact that they've had time to get together and play. And, you know, I still think we're not going to be incredible at the back, but I think we're going to be okay. So I reckon 3 1 or 3 2.
2: Well, two uh, wins in the studio. I was expecting nothing less. What a way to start after coming back from that international break. And obviously, it is a way, so that would be a fantastic three points. The first game in the Premier League season. Well, this was the West Ham show with We Are West Ham, James Jones, and special guest winner of the evening, Danny Lewis. You can tune in to every West Ham show on Love Sport Radio every Tuesday, 7 to 8. Next up, it is Palace.
1: Thanks for downloading this podcast from Love Sport Radio. For more, go to lovesportradio.com for all the latest podcasts, news, and views. Or for more, follow us at Lovesport Radio on Twitter. Sports Social Podcast Network.